the value of training is just real simple. I'm giving you a knowledge base to pull from, and I'm gonna do this over time. You don't just get one course and that's just, man, I'm a great leader now. I'm at a point where I've realized that over 50% of the answers to questions that people ask me about life, the answer is probably consistency. And that's what Henry, our guest today, was saying in that first clip. So often people are looking for an easy button or a one-time thing to make people develop as leaders overnight. They're not willing to put in the work or the time, and that's just not going to cut it. And Henry knows a thing or two about developing people from his extreme background in the military, as well as being in HR today and doing coaching and consulting and leadership development now. So we're going to hop in and learn from him about how to develop people and why it's important. It's time for you and me to wake up and lead. For those of you that know me well, you know that my reading comprehension is not one of my greatest skills. And that is why I love my guest today, Henry Miller, because LinkedIn, as you know, is a huge part of my life. And every day when I get on and I see his post, he posts these extremely helpful graphs with good colors, not too much words about leadership and various things around that. And they're super helpful. And so if you want to follow someone that has some really helpful leadership and life tips and everything that, that puts it in a non-complicated way to understand, Henry Miller is your guy. So speaking of Henry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Hampton. I appreciate it. And I don't know if all those things are true, but some of them probably are, um, you know, but yeah, I definitely enjoy your content as well. That's why I'm here. Um, I've been, you know, offered a few things to do on podcasts and I haven't actually taken anybody up. You're actually one of the only people I've ever taken up. So um, it's really because I enjoy what you guys do at Wild Spark. I kind of see what you guys do. You're, and you live it too within your company, which I think is awesome. But just who you are generally. I mean, you're curious, you want to know things, you want different opinions. And, you know, I think that's really, really awesome. So I'm happy to be here and hopefully I can provide some insight or at least tell you what not to do. Right. Yes, man. That's so good. <laughs> well, I only paid Henry like a thousand dollars to say what he just did, but um, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you. That's super kind. You it, can it's tell a... me. at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's an honor to work at wild spark and just to be in the leadership development space. And then get to meet people like you that have a huge background in it and are, and are really on the same mission. So um, I'm excited to have you here. There, there's a lot that I want to talk about with Henry, but we're going to hop in with the value here real quick. I posted on LinkedIn today, which by the time you listen, this is not today, but I shared a weakness or potential strength of mine. I guess it depends on the scenario. I have a really hard time compartmentalizing things. And so maybe it was a conversation I had with someone or something I'm really excited about or something I'm really sad about. I have a hard time putting it aside and doing whatever's important wherever I am in the moment. And so Henry and I were just talking about that. Uh, Henry, do you have any words of advice around some of those boxes you were talking about? I think, you know, you know, you posted about compartmentalizing things. Right. And, and I think like, you know, you had so many people post on that too, by the way, like people were just blowing that up with different opinions, different ways to do it, different things that they do. And you know, what I think is really cool about, about that post is it brought a lot of people together in a way that like you see a different viewpoint on how you can compartmentalize things. I view it as sometimes when you're having a conflict, for instance, Maybe in conflict management, I always say sometimes you want to walk away, right? You don't want to have that conversation right now. So maybe you do compartmentalize it. You go, let me set this aside. I'm going to put it in a box, put it on a shelf for now. Um, hey, how about we discuss this a little bit more tomorrow? And maybe that gives me 
the rest of the day, the rest of the evening, tomorrow morning at the gym to think about how I want to approach that, how I want to handle that, because maybe I just didn't like the way the person came at me. Maybe I didn't like the conversation tone. Maybe it was just a differing opinion that I was like, no, 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 no. And you go, you know what, let me take a step back. So to me, it can be helpful to do that, but you got to remember to unpack the box, right? Like if you let the boxes stack up, then you end up just a, a very angry person, right? And your mindset matters every day, right? So when you go to work, you're at home, if I'm just negative about everything I do, then, you know, what, what good am I to other people, right? Like, what value am I really bringing in any relationship if, if I just let those boxes stack up? So I always tell people it's really, it's just important to make sure you take care of your mental health because compartmentalizing is helpful in that, in that sort of sense of conflict management. Um, it's helpful if you're going through a stressful situation, you go, you know what, I really got to focus on work or I got to focus on my son or I got to focus on my daughter right now. So let me put this aside. I think it's totally helpful to do that. But I always remind people you have to go back and unpack the box yeah. because that box is just so important to unpack and be able to go, let me just deal with all these emotions, all these feelings that I got. And then just figure out how to how to navigate those. Right. And I think it leads to more introspection on yourself to go, why do I feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> why was I irritated? Was I irritated about something totally unrelated <laughs> or was I, you know, so happy about something that I couldn't focus on anything else? Maybe I should have celebrated that win and just made it the moment and said, I'm going to celebrate the win that I had. And maybe I'm not going to do something today that I thought I was going to get into, but I owe the time tomorrow. And you got to remind yourself that I think is bask in the moment when you have successes and, and then just learn that you're not always going to win something, but you can learn something. And by unpacking those boxes, you can learn about yourself, right? Um, yeah. you, you know, you at WildSpark and, and what you do, you know, you talk about leadership a lot, the leadership podcast, but it's really about introspection, isn't it? Like looking at yourself day to day and go, man, could I have done better? Could I have done worse? Where is there opportunities for me to improve or go back and course correct, right? I always say course correction is the biggest thing in leadership. You earn so much credibility by being able to go back to somebody and go, man, Hampton, I made a mistake yesterday. What? My supervisor's coming to me telling me you made a mistake? <laughs> Sometimes you got to own it, you know? Yeah, man, that's good. So this is no longer the Wake Up and Lead podcast. This is a counseling session for me that Henry and I have just entered into. No, thank you. What I'm hearing is it's it can be really helpful or healthy when you get off from work and you got to spend time with your wife, your spouse, your kids, maybe set, set the box up. But if you let too many compound over time, then it can be overwhelming. And so I'm I'm hearing this theme of balance of like, don't, you know, don't let too many boxes pile up, but also don't like think about everything going on at once or you'll get super yeah. stressed out, which is another potential weakness of mine. I, I think I'm one of the more extreme people I know, which is like probably my greatest strength, but also my different, like biggest That's how weakness. it always works. I know it's like, I, I need works. more balance. So I'll stop talking about me and what I'm struggling with, but that was, <laughs> that was really helpful. Thank you. But you know what you're doing though, on your podcast is I think you're helping so many people, right? And that's one of the reasons why I'm here, right? Is that I think you're trying to help people, right? And get different opinions. And, and then at the same time, you're like, well, these are things I can use later on in my life when I'm leading organizations or I'm leading teams or I'm doing other things or just apply it day to day. But you're not the only person who feels that way. I think we all feel that way sometimes, right? Is your greatest strength could be that you're strategic minded, that you're always thinking big picture, that you're always thinking five years ahead of where you're at. Well, I mean, great strength. 
a lot of times huge, huge positives to that. But there's also some downsides to every every positive thing about yourself, right? Is well, sometimes you're so big picture that you can't get down into the nuts and bolts of what like the day-to-day task is because you're thinking about the wider scope or the wider lens of what you have to do. So it just depends what you do for a living in that in that kind of realm. And then you you think about your strengths being like, well, I have the ability to stay calm under pressure could be a strength that you have. I can be real calm. I can have a lot going on, a lot of noise, a lot of things going on around me, and I can just focus on what I'm trying to do. There could be a a million noises right now, and I could focus on what this conversation is about. Um, But at the same time, that can also be a negative thing, you know? Um, and, And I think the hard part with stuff like that is, you can stay calm under pressure. Well, some people could say, well, man, you're just too stoic under pressure. Like you just seem like you, you can just, you can stand in a room and (laughs) nobody, you know, nothing affects you and you go, no, no, it definitely affects me. So sometimes you got to explain that, you know, that, you know, your personality type, or I think the Clifton strength finders is helpful MBTI, like understanding yourself. So then you can explain that to other people, right? Like as a team, this is our strengths. These are our weaknesses, but there's drawbacks to every single one of them, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Um, yeah. and, and I find it so helpful. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, we talk a lot about he, uh, at wild spark and this isn't our thing. This is just a leadership principle, but in order to be able to lead other people, you've got to be able to lead yourself. And that's a lot of what I'm trying to learn to do right now, but to lead yourself, you have to know yourself. And so yeah. I'm also trying to figure out what are my strengths, you know, take some of these personality tests. And that's one thing that I'm passionate about. I want to, I, I want to stay in my lane to an extent of, yes, I want to talk to people like you that have been doing leadership for a long time and can help, you know, whether it's other HR leaders or executives that might be listening to this, but I also want the uh, millennial, maybe even Gen Z, <laughs> yeah. my age, listening to this to say, maybe I don't have a leadership title right now. But one of the biggest problems in our society is that everyone gets promoted because they've just been at the job for five years, but they haven't right. really thought about being a leader. And so if you can think about knowing yourself and leading yourself today, then when you get that title in a few years from now, you're going to be night and day ahead of a lot of people because you're you're thinking about it now. So that you're that's a that's a so goal much. of what I'm trying to do. You're saying um, so much right now. You're like, man, there's so many things that like, if I could just say all of them, we'd be here for two hours, but like, you know, to, to shorten them out, I think like, it's good that you're thinking about it now because most people don't, they wait till they're in a role where they have to manage a whole bunch of people. And they're like, oh man, now I know what my supervisor used to go through. I got to make my boss happy. I have to make, try to make my people happy. I try to have to meet metrics and numbers and wow, I'm trying to learn all this on the fly and mentor people and make everybody happy. And sometimes you go, well, training matters, right? I always say leadership development training is like one of the biggest things that you could do in any human resource department, anything a company can do. If there's one thing that you can do right is develop your people over time because they're what what make your company a success. Ultimately, you know, you can sit on a board, you can be the owner of a company, but at the end of the day, the person who does the work every day is the person who's making you a success. So spend the time, spend the money. I know it costs. I, I get it. But my sales pitch on that is always like, but what happens if you don't? Your turnover rate's higher. Your retention rate is lower. It costs you a fortune to recruit. And why do people leave? In most cases, it's either for pay. In a lot of cases, it's because you know management, they feel like they're not valued as an employee. 
or they feel like they're not valued as a person or their contributions aren't rewarded, you know, appropriately. And, you know, you said so much about leadership and, and how everybody should think about it, you know, early. And I think that you're, you know, you're right. You're right. You're hundred percent right. Um, one thing I think that the military has done well, um, you know, there's, there's things we get right, things we get wrong. But I think the one thing that we do really well in the military is that you're training somebody to lead and manage potentially at 17, 18 years old. Like you're learning skills. You're learning to work as a team. If you've never played sports or you never did any of that in school, which I always tell people, if you play sports, you understand the value of teamwork. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So help that person be better, right? And help yourself be better, help your team be better, right? So sports teach you a lot of stuff, but if you never did any of that stuff, you could literally join the military and they'll send you to boot camp, and they'll send you to obstacle, you'll do obstacle courses, you'll do all types of training together, but you learn to work as a team, everything, everything mm -hmm. you do is built around teamwork, right? And it's about looking at the bigger mission, vision, and values of the organization at large, and what your impact is, is just one person in that organization does for the whole branch, does for the whole DOD, and that sort of thing. So I say that in a way, because it's like, I, I want private sector companies to really, you're not the military and I get that. But if you groom people starting when day one in the company and you show them that there's a path to leadership roles, to other, to other roles within the organization, and then you're developing skills over time, being able to work with people that are different than you, that think different than you, to have a different mindset than you, that do a different job than you, you know, because sometimes, you know, when you're a supervisor, you might lead teams that you're not an expert. <laughs> you might be an expert of one item, one thing out of all the teams that you manage. And, you know, so there's some trust that you have to build with people. And, you know, and I think that the military does really well in that realm because they spend so much money on, you have to do minimum courses to get promoted. So there's, there's just things you, you have to go through. And, and I always tell people, cause you know, people ask you the value of training, right? Like the value of this, the value of that, you know, where's the ROI and that sort of thing. And I'm sure you get that in your job, right? Like what's the ROI on this? It's expensive. And you go, training can't make you a better leader, right? Like in itself, training can't do it. And, and I know this isn't popular to say, and I'm going to say it. You can't just be a better leader or a better manager or a better person by reading a book. A book doesn't do it. It's experience, it's application, it's self-reflection, it's what you do day to day, it's the habits that you that you make over time. It's mistakes that you learn from. A book will give you the knowledge and training will give you the knowledge. So what I can say is if you spend the money on training, if you take the time on training, what do you get out of that? The one thing you get out of that is that you now have a knowledge base to pull from to always go back to. And I always say, if you're in a situation, you default to your training, you know? So, you know, like in sports, if you play a sport, you, you practice how you, you know, you play how you practice, right? So like you go, you go to a training course, you go with an instructor, you, you learn about team dynamics and you learn about collaboration you learn about conflict management. you learn about different personalities and how you can interact with them. If you're a strategic thinker, but you're just high level, you want bullet points, you want concepts, you want vision, but then you have somebody who's more analytical on your team, they need numbers, they need data to make that decision. So you have to take those ideas and learn how to put them in some data format so that person can understand a little bit better about what you want or what you're thinking. 
And you know, I use that as an example, but you know, when you think about it, the value of training is just real simple. I'm giving you a knowledge base to pull from, and I'm going to do this over time. You don't just get one course and that's just, man, I'm a great leader now. I took that one leadership development course on managing people and I'm expert. You're not, that's not going to happen. But if you take the principles, you take some time to read some extra books, you self-reflect, and then you think about things that went right, wrong, and then apply those things to the future, right? You're better for it. So a book won't teach you, the course won't fix all your management issues in a large organization. If you've got an organization with a hundred thousand people, a training course won't fix all of it, but what it will do is get people talking in a common language and it will get people to start internalizing decisions that they make day to day and how they impact people. And it, the internalization is where the money's at. You're getting people to think about the concepts and then you're going back internally and going, am I really doing this every day? Am I living the life that I should be living? Am I making the right decisions for the right reasons? Am I having integrity? Am I having those kind of things? And do the people that work for me feel the same way about me? So then asking them for feedback in return, right? Yeah. You know, so like everything you said, man, there's just like so much stuff in their hands. And I was like, man, there's so much in that, but it's, it's all intertwined, right? You know, I think it's just internalization and application. Um, yeah. And then you're giving somebody a basis to go off yeah. of right through training and development over time, right? Years of training leads to a better product because it's just constantly ingrained in your head on how to do things. And I think that um, that's really what the, what, what the point is, right? Is in the DOD and the military, I think does that really well, you know, symposiums, seminars, formal courses, informal courses, mentorship programs. When you do all those things, you're going to have, I think, not all in all cases, but you have more to pull from when you lead people. Right. And then you learn from mistakes. You make a mistake at 26, 27 versus at 40 or 45. You're not making that mistake. You're, you're learn, hopefully learn from that mistake. So you don't do it again. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, that was great. That was just well, a, a great lead in. I said maybe like two or three nuggets of, of, something good according to you and then you hit me with like nine so now i'm trying to figure <laughs> out like what do we talk about from here what do we do i have a i have a couple thoughts because the military clearly develops leaders better than really anywhere and i love that it starts at 17 or 18 years old and you mentioned something that a, a book or a training program it's not going to develop somebody overnight and so when I am on a conversation with an HR leader or a CEO about WildSpark, do you think that as the sales guy, well, maybe if I was sleazy, but I'm not, am I telling them, yeah, if you just buy our program and you watch a couple of the videos, you're going to have incredible leaders, your attention, your attraction. I wouldn't listen after that. I yeah, would probably exactly. say, thank, thank you for your time, Hampton. But, um, you know, I think I like what you guys do, but it's just not, not, for, not for our organization or not for my company or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Or, eh, not the route I'm trying to go. Exactly. So my point is that like, no matter what, it's not just going to happen overnight. And I think people are looking for like an easy button or a hack. We do that in life. We do that. And so I feel like there's like this level of consistency you have to have with training or leadership development where you can say, Hey, we're going to start this. And maybe for three, six, nine, maybe a year, depending on who you're training, what your goal is, you may not see a ton of results, but it's just like with working out or paying off debt or yeah. running a new skill it doesn't you, happen overnight exactly it doesn't it doesn't we happen wish overnight it did, right you wish you just could just take the magic pill and you know you wouldn't ever have to go to the gym right or like yeah you could you know just 
I could be smarter. I could retain more information if I just read this book or I just learned this hack and, and there's hacks to life and there's always like things, but you know, you're not going to do it overnight. So I think sometimes companies, even when they invest in it, sometimes I think that's where the disconnect is. They, they know they need better leaders, right. In an organization, they recognize it because they're on a call with you. Right. But you go, well, I want it to be done fast. And you go, well, the training is part of it bringing in leadership development coaches or, or making that part of HR or building that in is probably a another part of it, right? Because executive coaching is a different thing. Um, sitting down with people is a different thing and one-on-ones and, you know, 30 minutes here, 40 minutes there, just having discussions, random discussions about whatever's going on in their life or in their decision-making process. And then you go, well, you know, have you considered these things, you know, when you make that decision, like, you know, people processes, you know, what are the pros, what are the cons, you know, what do you have to gain? What do you have to lose? Um, and I think what you, what you got at is perfect is like, if you went in and just said, Hey, Henry, I got this product. You let your manager do this one time and they're going to be fantastic. People just shut it off. Right. Cause that's not the way you sell. Right. Like what problem are you solving of mine? You're promising me something that you can't deliver and I'll be unhappy in two months. And that's your brand, right? <laughs> like, and then you don't want your brand to suffer or your name to suffer because you're just trying to sell the product. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's good. Okay. So here's something that just came to my head. I have an assumption, but I'm still going to ask you why the military does the military develop leaders and focus on training and everything so much because the stakes are so high and it's life or death. I, I assume that would be maybe why. And that's, I, I, I would go say ahead, that like, that's a, that's a tough one. Right. Cause obviously I don't speak for, you know, any of the departments. I don't speak for, you know, the DOD. Um, as a spokesperson necessarily. But what I will say is like, we put a lot of stock in training and development, you know, in, in what I believe is what you said is right on the money is like the stakes are high in the military, right? Like, depending on what you do for a living, a mistake can can be very costly to an organization in, in people, time and money. And, you know, you have to be right, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, hopefully. Um so we put a lot of effort into that, but also, you know, training is, is just a way to keep your skills sharp, right? You learn, you know, if I want to run faster that I need to practice, right? I can't, you know, sometimes you can just go out and do your, do your, you know, your test or whatever the case is, or whatever version of, of test you take, or, you know, can you just go learn some stuff, something in a book really fast and try to take a test on it? Yeah, absolutely. You can. But I think like constantly developing your skills and your people over time, like just matters. Right. And I think to the, to the, to your point is that's the purpose, right. Is to produce the best person that I can out of who I have in front of me. Right. Yeah. So, and everybody's best is different, right? Like you, you have people that excel that are super great leaders and you have people that, that excel and they're super great technicians. And, and what I love about the military is there's a track for almost everybody to some degree because the assumption is you're going to promote over time, right? Through, through your efforts, through, you know, a whole bunch of different things, but there's people that go, Hey, I reach a certain point and I don't really want to lead at a higher level. I want to, you know, I want to be a highly skilled technician and I'm really good at what I do. There's room for you. Right. And I, I say the same thing in private, in the private sector, everybody in a company, you know, can't be, the, the supervisor of the team, right? There's like a supervisor, a few levels of supervisors, right? But you need really great people who, who understand those team dynamic concepts, who understand how to manage conflict, who understand how to do their job really, really, really well, right? And there's a place for everybody in, in an organization, right? You know, and sometimes organizations, you know, they, they look at the trajectories that's always got to go up. And I'm like, well, 
that's true. You want people to promote up and you want them to do better, but there's a place in an organization for everything. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people and I can tell you, you know, I know guys in sales, some of the best sales guys out there, right. Don't want to be managers, have nothing, don't want nothing to do with managing a staff of a hundred people. They just want to crush goals, make good money, help people. And that's their goal. That's where they, that's, that's it for them. Like for them, that's their version of success. Right. So I use that as an example, but it's like, I mean, people, people make that conscious decision doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that they don't want to develop or that sort of thing, but taking on those kind of roles and those responsibilities are, I always say like, they're a real refined set of skills that you have to have. Um, could you make or break an organization at, at certain levels? Um, you can really, you can really harm a team. And to your point, you know, the military puts a lot of time and effort into that because they want you to have the tools to do the job. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about, and it's not just about whether you're a mechanic on an aircraft. It's not just about if you're an admin person, people go, Oh, you're pushing pencils. Yeah. Well, you know, everything in the world is done by, by a pen. Right. And same thing in human resources, right. Everything is done by a pen or a computer. Somebody has to push those buttons to do that. Um, you know, but everybody's got a role, but you want somebody to have the tools, right. The training, the knowledge, um, and then over time, everybody's getting that training. So in the military, everybody's getting some levels of leadership training. Some is driven off of your rank, but a lot of those opportunities for development are, are done at certain points in your career. So you make it an, a conscious effort to try to develop people. Even if you go, maybe you don't want to promote to the next level this year, but now I've given you the skills. I've given you concepts to think about to apply to your day-to-day situations at work, how you interact with coworkers, all that stuff, you know? And that's, what's always fascinated me about leadership is that it's like a constant evolution of yourself. Right. And I think that's where my love for leadership and human resources and training and development really truly comes from is, is the military kind of gave me that perspective because it allows you to grow over, over 20 plus years, 30 years, depending on how long you stay five years, you know, but you're better for it because you just learned so many skills that you didn't even realize that you had. Mm. You learn discipline, self-discipline, right? And that that self-discipline is like one of the biggest things that you could ever, ever have. If there's one thing you have as a person, self-discipline will get you a lot of places. Yeah, you know? you're exactly right. Um, so good right there. I, I want to hop over real quick to some of the graphs that I've seen you post, and I'm not expecting these to just be uh, memorized in your head, but some of the overarching themes I saw, um, well, actually, first off your background on LinkedIn, your, your banner says lead with authenticity. Um, I agree with that, but what, why, why that, where, where, where did that come from? Um, you know, it's come kind of to me over time, right? You know, you, you spend like, a lifetime doing one thing and then you transition out of the military and then you, you go into the private sector, you know, you do whatever internships, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you sort of do, you sort of just move on, right. You do something different. You invent a whole new career. Um, but I think that like what I, what I have learned is be authentic, be yourself, like truly be you around people all the time. Right. And, you know, I, I say over time, people get a piece of you. Right. And it's just about being authentic about your struggles, about times you failed, you know, I, you know, you'd brought up earlier before you even started recording, you know, about my uncle and, and I kind of, you know, was like, well, you know, yeah, I kind of failed at that. You know, it's like, I, I thought I had some more time because I thought I had eight, you know, I've had eight years. So, you know, you figure you have a few more weeks or another week added onto that and you just, you didn't. Right. But I think 
there's something authentic about being able to open, open up and say, yeah, I, I, I wish I thought I had more time or I thought that I was right, but I was actually probably wrong in that case, you know? Um, but I took some leadership things that that person taught me over time. Right. Cause what I do is I take from you, I take from everybody. Right. And people don't realize that everybody teaches me something every day, you know, everybody just be authentic, just be yourself. You know, you know, when you're posting on LinkedIn, just be you don't, don't try to be somebody you're not or an influencer or whatever. Um, you're, you're just you at the end of the day. Right. And when you manage people, people respect you more if you're just a person, right? You know, you put your pants on one leg at a time, right? You, you just do, unless you try to jump in them or something weird, but <laughs> you know, you, you, you're, you're all just people at the end of the day. So like we all have struggles, we all have things we deal with. And I think it's always important to keep that in the back of our minds mm. when you lead people is that we're just, ultimately we're just human. Yeah. We're all fallible. I agree. I, I mean, it's a great way, great way to think about it because sometimes I'll, maybe I'll be intimidated, intimidated about meeting someone or something like that. And then I just have to remember, like, we are all humans. Like the, this is just another person. So that's good. At the end hey, of the day. What about, um, the culture iceberg? I think you posted that one. Oh, I did. Yeah. So I was reading this article. I've read a couple articles, right? And I mean, you know, you always apply the iceberg theory to a lot of things, right? You apply that to your life, you apply it to your mindset, you can apply it to mental health, you can apply it to, to companies and culture. But, but what I think is interesting about it is, so to get into culture and that sort of thing in an organization, the surface level to me is just everybody smiling and saying, we're awesome, we do good work, right? Well, that's good. I mean, that's great that you have that and you have people that do that, but I think there's a lot that goes beneath that, right? There's individual teams in an organization. How well do, are, do they function? Are they dysfunctional? Are they functional? Is communication well? Do they collaborate well? And when I say collaborate, I mean, like, are people part of the decision-making process? Are they brought in to the why they're doing something? Do they understand the vision of the company, you know? And if you, like, ever do any kind of consulting or whatever, and you start asking people questions about, hey, so what's your vision in the company? You'd be surprised that like some, like if you have 30,000 employees that you might have 10,000 of them that are, are not really clear what that vision is. They could, they'll start regurgitating what they do day to day. They'll say, well, my job is to, and you're like, okay, but like, what's, what's the big goal of the company? You're like, well, darn, I, I don't know, you know, and then some of the managers even too, right. It's like, well, do you know how your team feels about decisions, you know? do you champion those decisions or do you shirk, you know, do you shirk them off on, you know, your boss and your leadership, right. And go, Hey, it's their, you know, the board made that decision. It wasn't me, you know, I mean, there's always a place for that. I think to go look sometimes, you know, we, we try to be involved in decisions, but you know, you don't always get what you want, but let's try to figure out how we can make this happen or what we can do to provide input back, you know, and, and, you know, when you look at that culture iceberg, I mean, there's so many different models that, that like kind of model that, but a lot of it is your work culture. What's it like, you know, are you collaborative? Do you work well as a team? Do you, do you wake up in the morning and go, man, I want to work with my coworkers. Like I want to work with those people. Right. That's a different thing. That's a level, you know, we say employee engagement, but I use like, we, somebody got me starting to think in a different way on LinkedIn. They were like, how about you call it employee commitment? And I'm like, fair enough, because you're committed to the mission, vision, and values of the organization. I, and I always say, well, that's the highest level of commitment. The highest level of engagement of an employee would be that you're totally in. You're bought into the vision and you want to be there. You'll do whatever it takes 
to be successful in the organization and make it a success. And, and that's a different thing. You know, you hear all these different terms on LinkedIn and you hear these, you know, different people have different views and you go, well, people get disconnected from their jobs if they're not, you know, if they just don't feel valued at the end of the day, or they don't feel like they're rewarded for good behavior or they're rewarded for like contributing, I guess is a better way contributing to the organization, right? Like I do awesome things every day, but nobody ever <laughs> says, thank you. I, yeah. think I posted something about that one time. It's like sometimes just telling somebody, I really appreciate all the work you did on that project it means the world to somebody, you know, especially during an evaluation or just day to day. It's like, Hey, thanks. I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, you know, it goes back to kind of the other stuff about, you know, you lead with authenticity, right? Treat the janitor the way you treat the CEO. And if you treat them both the same, you'll never go wrong. Right. So yeah. which way is that? Um, you know, so same, same, same thing applies to the, you know, the iceberg concept is like, there's just so much beneath the surface. And even as a person, you know, we're all just people, we have internal needs and things that, that we just, um, you know, have to have to deal with and be able to like, talk about, and you know, openly talk about, right. Yeah, man. So good. Um, I, I think to, to, to wrap us up here, the thing I really like about you is you posting a lot about your son on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's cool. Even seeing how y'all go get haircuts together <laughs> to, to, to keep the clean cut and everything. Yeah. But just, it's clear that you're, you're focusing on developing him at an early age. Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, Hampton, you brought up something like really great, right? I know that it's a professional platform, you know, and we all try to keep it pretty professionally. Even I do. Right. But like, I do believe that there's something important about when you're looking at who you are as a person, right? Because people get to know you. They want to know you. They don't want to just see a post and go, well, you're telling me, here's your thought process. Well, cool. Tell me some more about you. <laughs> but it's, I think it's interesting when people like see pictures of you and your, and your kid going to do something or on their first day of school or whatever, because it shows that you can have, have it all, right? And I tell people all the time, I think you can have it all. I firmly believe you can have it all. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. And I don't have it down pat either, right? Like if you think I got it down pat, I really don't, you know? I just I just try to make a conscious effort in that direction every day. But yeah, I just, I think it's important, right? For people to see like, hey, you know, this is, this is my son. This is my family. This is, you know, this is something about me, something I like to do, right? And, and I use, you know, sometimes haircuts as like a, a self-care item, right? And I know it sounds corny, but it's a moment in time when you're you're just, you know, totally relaxed, you know, getting lined up, getting fresh and you just feel different. You know, I feel different afterwards. You know, I don't know what it is. I've always felt that way. Like you just feel different. You feel like a million dollars afterwards. You could have the worst day ever and that could totally change your day. Same thing with my son, seeing my son laugh or smile or something changed my day, totally changed my day. But I think it's important for people to see that, right. Is like, we're people, we have kids, we have jobs, we have, we just, you know, <laughs> Yeah. We're all the same really at the end of the day. Um, and that's kind of, you know, when you go back to authenticity, that's really what it's about, right? Is people getting to know little pieces of you over time. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. And your haircut does look great. I think I may need it. <laughs> so I, I, may even, I mean, hey, thank you. Uh <laughs> but hey, this has been fantastic. Anything as far as um uh, in, in the leadership realm that, that you want to mention or a, a word of wisdom to, Oh man, to either HR Hampton, we leaders. could go all day. You know, I mean, I think the big thing is, is like, if I had to give anybody advice, there's a couple of things. And, and like, some of them is like keeping a positive mindset, right? Know when, when people are taking from you and 
taking your positivity away on outlooks, know where that kind of lies at and be able to make sure you decompress, make sure you take the time to impact your, you know, your mental health and your mindset, right. And always kind of do that. And you got to find things that help you reset each day. So that way you can be successful. Um, I tell people to read often, you know, read, Reading's not going to fix everything. It gives you a knowledge base, but it kind of gives you different concepts, maybe opens your mind up to something different that you weren't open to, you know, six months ago, a year ago. And then really this, the last thing I always say, focus on the lesson, right? Don't focus on the failure. We all fail every day. I fail, you know, there's some things that I fail at and, and I just have to try to get better at them. Right. And you just go, well, darn, I, I really do need to work on that. Or, Hey, I'm trying to build my podcast, but you know, I kind of stopped doing that because I'm working on another project you know what I'm making next week. I'm going to make some time. I'm going to book it on my calendar. I'm going to make a to-do list and, and actually put that out there so I can look at it every single day that I don't do it to remind me to go do it. And it could be something as simple as that, or it could be more complicated, you know, but always take away from the lesson that you learned from a mistake. Even when you lead people, you don't always get it right. You're not always going to, you're not perfect. Just because you're in a leadership position doesn't mean that you'll get it right every time you're going to be, you know, sometimes you're, you being wrong and admitting you're wrong means more to somebody than, than actually getting it right the first time. Most people don't value good leadership until they've had somebody who doesn't recognize when, doesn't recognize when they're not leading in the right manner. So just always take it as, is that, you know, you're, you're a work in progress. Leadership is, is never, you're never done. If you think you're done, then, then definitely, I think you, you know, you've got it wrong. Um, and that's, those are strong words, but if you think you got it just down pat and it, you, you don't, you know, none of us do. Everybody yeah. you deal with is different. So just take away that lesson that you learn from people, the lesson that you learn from people you come in contact with every day and you'll be better for it, you know, internalize it and then make a different decision next time. That's all you can do, right? Is make each day your best day ever. Right. I always say that. And it's like, but it's true. Each day is a new day to, to try something different or do something new. Um, and just kind of use things that happen over time and just take those experiences and apply them and you'll find that you'll find your success. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is and, gold. This is so good. Your goal, like this is crazy. I mean, it was, it was great to be on this leadership podcast. We could go hours. I think if, if we wanted to, <laughs> we'll have, we'll have to do a series. Um, but we'll, we'll let everybody go today, but thank you so much for, for all the wisdom, Henry. Y'all check Henry out on, on LinkedIn. He's got a couple podcast episodes out there too and hold him accountable to put out more because I know you're going to want to hear more from him. Ouch. So. <laughs> Ouch. Hey. You got me, Hampton. You definitely got me. And you're not the only one who's got me on LinkedIn that was like, you know, that's the one thing that you said you were going to do that you just haven't, you haven't really put out as many as you, as you wanted to. And, you know, I looked at myself and was like, all I did was make excuses. Fair enough. You win. You got it. I, you I need got to go it. back at it. All right, Henry. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, folks, time for your action steps. I've got four of them. Number one, it's okay to compartmentalize things and oftentimes healthy to do that. So a way to do that is to visualize the idea in your head, put it in a box and then put that box on a shelf. Just remember, come back to the box and unpack it later. That's extremely important too. Please develop people the right way. If you're responsible for leading an organization, it must be a part of what you do. There is no one-time fix. There is no easy button. If you need help with that, talk to me, talk to Henry. Number three, lead with authenticity. You hear this all the time, but it's really important. Be yourself. Nobody is better at being you than you are. And then number four, 
I dare you to have as fresh of a haircut as Henry. I'll see you next week.